What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Koban. It's April 9, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 30. In this episode, I'll be breaking down the purpose of a weightlifting belt and using exercise as medicine. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. All right, so the podcast is a little bit late today, and I apologize. I just had a busy week this week, and whatever. Uh, Let's get into the episode. It's almost getting closer to the date of my last gym session until probably May or June, but my training has definitely gone well over the past few months. Like I said last week, I'll be going back home to Canada soon, and I'll have to do my 14-day quarantine over the next two weeks. So hopefully the weather is nice when I get back to Canada so I can still work out at home. But of course, it won't be the same as having access to a gym. Especially one like Mac Fitness. So quick shout out to them, even though they probably won't listen to this. I've been going there for a few months now. It's probably the best gym I've been to. They had platforms for me to use. The safety squat bar, which I've been using for like a month now. And they even had a bunch of different bars for like barbell bench pressing that I didn't get to use or experiment with, but they were there and I probably would have tried them if I had more time. So my possible final totals for my lifts, since I don't plan on doing any crazy lifts this weekend, I think I might have to pull up my gym book app for this one. So give me a sec. Let's see here. Okay. Sumo deads I got stuck on 415, and trap bar deadlifts were topped off at 420, which I barely hit this week. Uh, What else? My best bench session was 305 for three, which is a around a 335 one rep max, which is pretty good. Even my incline bench hit all-time highs at 240 pounds for five reps. OHP, which is overhead press, that was slowly getting up there. I hit uh, 145 for a few reps as well. My highest squat was only 300 pounds for three reps, so that's something I'm going to have to focus on whenever, sorry, whenever the gyms do open back up, whenever that is. That being said, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life right now, so I got to try my best to maintain or not lose as much muscle as possible over the next month or so. I probably won't be back inside a gym until May or June, I said that already, with the way COVID is being handled in Ontario, Canada right now, so I'm going to have to find some buddies to lift with at their home gyms, and I'll just be working out in my own backyard in the meantime, since at least the weather is looking nice at least these days for the most part. 
And, uh, oh my god, can I just please rant about Doug Ford for a bit right now? This guy is almost on Trump level with the way he's handled COVID in Ontario, Canada. Seriously. He goes on the news saying that there's bums hanging out in the malls during the spread of the virus. But, I mean, he's the same person who decided to keep the malls open this whole time. And then he says schools are safe when his own government data or whatever says that 35% of COVID cases came from schools and then deciding and then they decide to shut down the schools. I mean, <laughs> which is it really? Toronto has been on the longest lockdown in all of North America at this point. That's including the USA. I think it's been over like 200 days or something at this point. And it doesn't really look like there's no end in sight, really. It's ridiculous. The way this government has handled this uh, pandemic so far is just embarrassing. I mean, I know we haven't been through something like this before, but it doesn't even seem like there's a plan. I mean, they lock things down, but it's not really a full lockdown. And then they open it again and then lock it down. And then they open some areas in Ontario and then lock it down again this past week. I mean, yeah, let's blame some of the new variants that can spread a lot easier, but... At some point, I mean, we gotta look at who's in charge here. And since we're talking about COVID a little bit, let's just finish with a few more topics regarding that. The Vancouver Canucks got a serious case of the Rona this past week. I think the last time I read uh, about things in this situation, it was like 20 players and coaches that got the virus. Apparently just escalating from one player who practiced, even though he had a positive test. I'm sure that if he knew he was positive, he probably wouldn't have been out there practicing, but I guess the test must have turned up sometime after the practice. Well, apparently most of those 20 people who were affected had the bad symptoms like vomiting, cramping, dehydration, and all of that. As far as their games are concerned, they were of course postponed to future dates. And I think even some of their family members got it too, so that's obviously not a good sign. And south of the border, California says that they're planning on opening most businesses back up to 100% capacity or whatever by June 15, which is about two months away at this point, which is crazy to say, right? April, May, yeah. By then, most people in the USA should be vaccinated since, honestly, they're on a roll with the whole vaccination process, unlike Canada. But that's pretty cool to hear that they plan on opening things pretty soon. That means we could possibly be seeing full stadiums for NBA and NHL playoffs and throughout the MLB season, even though we already saw Texas had 40,000 fans on opening day against the Blue Jays. And one last thing before we get into the topics today. I don't know if you remember, but I talked about a joint announcement between Gazoo Racing, which is a part of Toyota, along with Subaru. I thought they might announce a hatchback of some sort, but they threw me off and decided to announce their BRZ counterpart, the GR86. It was expected at some point, and the CEO said recently that he didn't want a clone car or whatever, but they finally announced it. And honestly, I think it looks a bit better than the Subaru BRZ. There's some internal differences with speed and power, I think, like minimal differences, but the front end is where the cosmetic difference came, just like the past two models. 
And I read online that the Subaru BRZ looks like a crying or it looks like the crying laughing face emoji in the front. I'm not even kidding. Google this. Uh, the 2022 BRZ, if you want to, it looks like the crying laughing face emoji. It's You can't unsee it. But anyways, the GR86 in the front looks a bit better than the BRZ. I'm still on the fence whether I'll upgrade my own car to get one, though. We'll see. Topic one, the purpose of a weightlifting belt. Ah, uh, yes, so the belt. I see people abusing the belt and using it too much, to be honest, but the weightlifting belt is a good tool to use and it'll help you brace your core when you're lifting a lot of weight. I see people in the gym all the time just have the belt on for their whole session to do dumbbell curls or even lateral raises, and that doesn't really make sense to me. Most of your life, you're not going to be wearing a lifting belt, so if you do everything in the gym with the belt on, you're not really learning how to brace your core on your own. That's why I only recommend lifting belts to people who need it, whether that be for powerlifting or when you're lifting a weight that's actually heavy. Regardless, most of your training should be done without a belt, I don't even personally have one at this point. I've only used one a few times in my whole lifting career. And I've only had a few clients who I told to use one, so 99% of my clients lift without one. So the purpose of a lifting belt is to help brace your core, and I said that already, when the weight you're lifting is on the heavier side. It's there to protect your lower back. So when you're wearing a lifting belt, of course, it's pushing against your midsection and it's there so that it can help you activate those core muscles. The belt will, therefore, help you stabilize and reduce the stress on your lower back and spine. And that's why they're great to use for things like deadlifts and squats, especially when you start lifting hundreds of pounds. All that being said, don't rely on the belt too much. You don't want to be that guy in the gym wearing a lifting belt while doing lateral raises. It just doesn't make sense. You'll become reliant on the belt. And then when you have to move something in real life, like if you're going to move your couch or something, what are you going to do? Go and grab your belt before moving the couch? Doesn't really make sense. You still want to do most of your training without a belt so that you can actually function properly and be strong doing your daily activities. You don't want to be relying on any kind of tools you use in the gym, really. That being said, if you're training for powerlifting purposes and the competition allows for the use of belts, then some of your training should include the belt. When the weights get heavier, that's going to put a lot of strain on your spine and lower back and your core as a whole. So for that extra stabilization, you should learn to train with a lifting belt so that you're ready when the competition comes around. The belt will help you stabilize and should also help you lift more weight as you become more accustomed to using the belt. When you're squatting or deadlifting, a big limiting factor could be that your core simply can't handle the amount of load and that's what the belt is good for. Like I said though, for most people out there, just lift weights and brace your core when you do your movements like squats, deadlifts. And even when doing things like overhead press and even bench press, believe it or not. Bracing your core is going to help protect your lower back from major injuries. And you should be able to do that on your own without relying on a tool like a weightlifting belt. Topic 2. 
Exercise as medicine. When it comes to exercise, everyone should be doing some kind of form of it. Now, the thing is, most people see running as the best thing to do when it comes to being skinny or getting lean or being in shape, when that's not really something everyone should do. Yeah, it seems easy to run, just put on your shoes and go outside and start, but even if you're in your 30s and especially if you're older, you probably haven't ran for nearly two decades and add a few if you're older than that. You probably haven't ran since elementary school, honestly, and even if you do, there's still a bunch of room for error and injury. I even know people who, uh, when they want to get into shape, immediately start running to lose weight. Then a week later, they tell me that they hurt themselves running somehow with some kind of lower body injury. It happens far too often. And then that same person usually gets discouraged when it comes to exercising or wanting to achieve their goal of weight loss or whatever that may be, because running is going to be too far of a leap for most people. And if you're trying to improve your health, running isn't the way to go. I've said it many times on here before, resistance training is what you want to be doing when it comes to being healthy. That doesn't mean go into the gym and put as much weight on whatever bar you're going to use. You need to ease into this slowly. If that means you currently can't squat, then work towards that with mobility drills and doing some other exercises like lunges or something along those lines, and work towards being able to squat or being able to deadlift or bench press and overhead press. Those are big compound movements that you want to do. And doing mobility drills will help you with those, and those drills are probably going to be workouts in themselves. Even for me, I know mobility movements can still be tough and taxing on my body. But it's gotten me to where I am now, which is the strongest I've ever been. And without those drills, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Exercise applied properly is going to help you live your life independently for the longest amount of time. So why can exercise be similar to medicine when it comes to being as healthy as you can be? Well, studies show that any kind of exercise has been shown to reduce the risk of many conditions like coronary heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, cancer, obesity, mental health problems, and various musculoskeletal conditions. The thing is, people usually overestimate how much activity they do. Our lifestyle has been more sedentary than ever these days. Usually that means sitting for more than 7 hours every single day. And believe it or not, sitting for too long is bad for your health. And you'll start to develop these kind of negative postural changes. You can't just do an hour or two workout uh, every few days and expect to be healthy. Although that is better than doing nothing. If you just work out for an hour and then spend the rest of the day sitting or lying down and not doing much else when it comes to activity then chances are you're still going to be in pretty bad shape. That means for 23 hours, you're still pretty sedentary and still could be developing a bunch of posture issues, while at the same time, probably eating unhealthy snacks or whatever. Exercise, and even just movement, is the key to staying in shape and staying healthy when it comes to the long term. Inactivity, or so-called lack of movement, could be responsible for up to, and I had to write these numbers down for this, uh, could be responsible for up to 23% of coronary heart disease, 
17% of colon cancer, 15% of diabetes, 13% of strokes, 11% of breast cancer. And those are, of course, just estimates. I assume those numbers are even lower than what they really are. If you don't use it, you lose it. And that's true when it comes to being able to move around and live an independent life. I have clients who can't reach above their heads because you regularly don't do that movement. And if you think about it, it's not something humans really need to do in life. It's the same thing with squatting. Babies squat all the time with proper form. But as you age and don't live or do that squatted position anymore, we start to lose that ability. Like I said, moving is the key to being healthy. And this is especially true as you get older. If you lose the ability to move optimally, then you're putting yourself more at risk for injuries. That means losing the ability to live a more independent life. I think I mentioned it on here before, but I actually know someone personally who fell stepping down on a curb and he passed away. Mind you, he was older, he was an older gentleman, but it just goes to show you that not being able to move properly or struggling with walking could be detrimental to your health. Of course, there are other more serious underlying issues that could have been the problem as well. A little side note that I've mentioned before, a lack of vitamin D could be a factor for a bunch of health problems, including obesity. And those sunbeds that people tan on actually have more UVA than UVB levels, so there is an increased cancer risk there. And UVB, the UVB rays, has the vitamin D that you actually need. The sun is usually stronger during lunchtime than any other time, and it's tough to get that vitamin D during the fall and winter months. That being said, fortified foods may have vitamin D2 and D3 in them. You need to check that. And you can have too much vitamin D as well, so be careful. Supplements may be necessary depending on where you live and your lifestyle. But like I said, movement and exercise is going to be the key to you being healthy. And when applied properly, that's going to be like a medicine for all of us humans because it can prevent us from having to go to the hospital for any kind of major cardiovascular and other serious medical problems. And since we know that vitamin D is good for you as well, and since the sun is a main source of it, you can easily knock out two birds with one stone here. That means just go outside for a few minutes, go for a walk. It doesn't even need to be a long walk. Let's say you want to go outside and spend 30 minutes outside each day, but you don't have 30 minutes to spare all at once. Then you can just do something even simpler, like breaking that up into tiny 10-minute intervals three times a day. Maybe something like going for a quick stroll after each meal, Walk 10 minutes after each meal, that's 30 minutes of you getting up and going for a walk. And if it's a nice day outside, you're getting even more of a benefit with the sun being out and you're moving while getting this vitamin D in too. If you listened to the episode last week, I mentioned that exercise could help you overcome knee pain. And that's another reason why exercise functions kind of like how medicine does. Medicine is there to cure you. And exercise, if you're strengthening the proper areas, can help cure you of these little aches in your joints and could even prevent things like lower back pain, which is a common issue as you get older because of repeated stress and poor posture throughout the years. 
So when it comes to exercise, don't just rely on medicines and pills to get you through life and stuff. Yeah, supplements like glucosamine may be good for the joints, but so will proper movement patterns with exercise. So exercise can actually be used as a sort of medicine because of its ability to reduce a bunch of postural issues like annoying knee and back pains, could improve your cardiovascular health, your mental health, and could reduce your chances of developing some serious diseases to your heart's lungs diabetes, and even reduces your chance of getting some cancers as well. Exercise done properly will help you live a higher quality life. That means you'll be able to live more independently without needing someone else to watch over you. Resistance training plus walking at the least should be what you should aim for. Of course, diet will play a huge part here when it comes to being healthy as well, and I plan on doing a food as medicine topic in the future as well. So resistance training and walking should be something to work towards. It shouldn't just be running until you burn however many calories because of the risk of injury when it comes to running. Okay, so now that you know some of the benefits of exercising and how it could benefit your life, it's time to apply it into your own life. That doesn't mean work out every single day. You need to think about what you're doing right now And just add a little bit on top of that. If your daily life just includes sitting in the house, maybe going for groceries every few days, then you might be walking less than 3,000 or so steps every day. If you're starting out at a low point like this, then it would be a good idea to just try to improve that step count slowly just to get that body moving again. And when it comes to exercise, Maybe just try two or maybe even just one full body workout a week where you're working on compound movements like a squat or row or bench or deadlift. So try some kind of full body workout at first and you don't even have to go intense at all. But over time, you want to slowly add some kind of volume or intensity to your workouts. Add some steps to your weekly walks or activity and you should be on your way to becoming more healthy. If you're someone who works out regularly, let's take me for example, I work out pretty much six days a week. At that point, I need to look at other things to improve on, like walking more since I'm still pretty trapped in the house, and that'll help me get more activity in, and then in terms of my workouts, I'll slowly increase the weights or reps in the gym, just trying to maintain that consistency. It doesn't really mean that now that I work out six days, I need to push it to seven days or start doing two a day workouts where I'm pushing myself to the max. When it comes to improving, just do so with baby steps, slowly improve, and over time you'll start to see big changes in not only your physique, but with the way you feel every single day. And that concludes episode 30 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. 
And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about building the perfect home gym and bringing cooking into your home.